Hi, and welcome to the Sister Cast. This is episode 16. I am Zoe. And I am Amanda. And hey, have you started working on your New Year's resolutions yet? I hate New Year's resolutions. They say <laughs> if you start working on your New Year's resolutions months before New Year's, <laughs> it'll be easier to stick with it. Isn't that just normal, good habit forming things? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the big New Year's resolutions is working out. Mm-hmm. And you have been working out with a personal trainer for... Like a long time. I'm, wor- I'm getting close to 300 workouts with her. That's crazy. Coming up on three years, I think. Yeah. And so the question is, has it been habit forming yet? No. Um, so that's the thing. It's it's interesting that... Well, okay. So hang on a second. So back up. So we, in the last episode, episode... 14. 14, we talked about clothing swaps. Right. And I met my personal trainer at a clothing swap. Nothing like the one that we talked about in the last episode. Um, it was a big charity thing organized at a hotel. And she was a vendor. And... I would never have approached her. Like, I wasn't actively looking for a personal trainer. But she was there. She was really pleasant, very lovely. And um, she had, like, a, you know, very good marketing. Sign up for my mailing list and I'll send you a free offer or something. So I signed up for her mailing list. And she emailed me diligently the, like, next day or the following week or something. And I ignored the email. And then she emailed me again. And I ignored that one. And then she emailed again. And there was just something about the language. You know how just sometimes we get hooked. There was something about the language in her her that particular email that hooked me. And I was like, well, maybe I should give it a try. I've always been kind of an erstwhile exerciser. I've always enjoyed joining a gym and then not doing anything for, you know, lengths of time um the running room I love the running room um uh couch to 5k learn to run clinics but then I don't really go past that I've only trained up to a 10k once so I have like a weird kind of relationship with working out so anyway she came and we just hit it off from the beginning and I really like doing kind of strength training stuff and that's where she focuses her energy for the most part long story short three years later I only work out when she is yelling at me, like when she's at my house. She has she offers for a significant discount that she can just do like online training. And that's just like (laughs) never going to happen. Like I if she's not there, I actually even I like it the best when she comes and she works out with me. Like that is how much I need. Like I physically need to watch her so that I do the stuff too. Um, today I worked out at your house so that we could record this podcast immediately thereafter. And you witnessed firsthand how whiny I am. So whiny. Yeah. Like I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. No, don't make me do it. We should have her on the podcast once as a guest. That would be fun. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I don't make New Year's resolutions because I don't stick to anything. Like literally if I wasn't paying her, she like to show up and kick my ass. I wouldn't work out. So when you go on holidays, you don't work out then? No. No. I like active holidays. Like, I do try to be active in my everyday life. Um, You know, like one holiday we took, we went to Iceland and we hiked every single day. Right. Right? Like, I like that. Yeah, because I think they say it takes 30 or 60 days to form a habit. Mm, we're working on three years and I still... <laughs> so, so truthfully... So honestly... 
Um, the reason why I'm here working out today, I don't, I have not previously worked out normally on, we're recording this on a Friday, um, is because we are trying, we're, we're doing four workouts a week now instead of three in the hopes that if we kind of do this, um, three, I, I've done diligently done three workouts a week for three years mm-hmm. and it hasn't been habit forming. So now I'm like, let's try four workouts a week if you know and then we'll do, we'll we'll dial back to three and see if I keep up that fourth one myself I understand right? yeah and then we'll try five and then dial back and see you know just how much we need to pulse that's the idea so my goal when I was on maternity leave was to try and get into a fitness routine and make it habit forming and the only thing that worked for me habit forming was a daily walk daily right like no exceptions you're doing five five days a week the school days right yeah five days a week but the only reason why I've stuck with it is because my daughter sleeps in the stroller when I do the walk so I am lucky I have a buddy a walking buddy who goes with me every day keeps it accountable we go every morning but there's been a couple days where she's been sick or her kid's been sick and she hasn't been able to go and I still go for my walk good because my daughter is trained now to have that nap yeah but it, it forces me to go I have to do it right but I want to do it I will say those days I don't go for a walk I feel it yeah those days that you don't work out do you feel the same no I mean I feel better when I work out but, but you not know- better not mm-hmm. good enough to then do it on your own no see that's the whole right that's yeah. the the other tricky thing for me is that when I work out, I really have trouble writing immediately thereafter because it, it gets me up at a more active level. My brain is kind of spinning fast and I need to be kind of chill in order to create. Right. So on a day when I work out, I don't write until the afternoon. Ah. But then I need to pick my kids up from school at 3.30. Oh. So on a day that I work out, my writing hours is really, I've got maybe two hours in the afternoon by the time I kind of get my brain shifted back into that creative okay. mode. You need to cancel working out. <laughs> we need, no. Uh, no. So, the, so that's why the four days a week isn't really sustainable. Four weekdays isn't really sustainable Got it. For a long time. We're trying it for a short period. Well, if anyone else has any tips and tricks on what got them into a good workout routine. Mm -hmm. Or any other New Year's resolutions that you've actually stuck with. I mean, like, there are lots of things that we need to be habit forming, right? Going to bed early. Mm -hmm. You're actually naturally good at that. Mm -hmm. But I am not. And that has been something that in previous years I've considered doing a New Year's resolution for. And eating healthier, eating mm-hmm. breakfast. And if someone's looking for one, they could do the overnight oats that I talk about every third podcast. One year, the Viking and I made a New Year's resolution to eat oatmeal for breakfast every single day for eight weeks. And we did. But it wasn't a year-long resolution. Right. It was just, we just thought like through the kind of the depths of winter. Yeah. So it was January and February. Yeah. And we did it. And you know what? That's a good thing if you're doing a New Year's resolution. Don't commit to doing it for a year commit to doing it for eight weeks yeah or six weeks I've heard of sober September that a lot of people will do like well they won't drink in September maybe because they've drunk their face off all summer that sounds terrible no I think that sounds great but it's like because it's small bite-sized chunks it's not I'm never drinking again it's I'm gonna try and be sober for September so a friend of mine Nikki Haverlock just posted um that she's doing um distraction free December Okay. So leaving her cell phone in the kitchen or the bedroom so you don't carry your cell phone. I've got my cell phone literally in my hand as we speak. Yeah. Um, Don't carry it with you everywhere. Put it down. Come back to it. Yeah. Right. 
take I and and I'm with her on this distraction free December. So I have taken um, the Facebook and Twitter apps off my phone. Anything that sends me a push notification on my phone, I'm like, do I really need them to decide when I'm notified of something or do I want to decide that on my own terms? But, you know, you can just turn those push notifications off. Totally. And you don't yeah, have to yeah. delete the but app. That was, but that was what spa- spurred me to do that was that I I got a push notification yeah, yeah, from yeah. Twitter and I was in the middle of writing. Right. And I stopped to look at the tweet. Because it like, says so-and-so hasn't tweeted in a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I was like, and then I was like, no, Twitter, you don't get to decide no. when I look at you. I get to decide when I look at you. A lot of people, when they go on their holidays for a week, will remove the email app yeah. that's on the home and put their Kindle app in. Oh, that's so smart. Yeah. Right? Prioritize how you want to spend. Because a lot of people on the new <laughs> updates have like three that are right on the front. Like yeah. they're three most, yeah. which is usually messages and... Yeah. whatever put the kindle on and then get yourself some zoe york books totally that's what i'm saying so hey i put my foot in my mouth with my new neighbors my now my neighborhood's kind of changing over there was about seven houses in the neighborhood that all went up for sale so yeah. all the new neighbors are moving in a younger demographic now totally lots of families we're so yeah. excited and uh lots of people with young kids so one of my new neighbors moved into the gorgeous house of the seven houses there was one house that was like the crown jewel the couple had lived in it before totally renovated it right. it was gorgeous. you walked through it yeah it was gorgeous so the, the the young couple moved in and the house is just like amazing so I saw them and I was like hey and I clearly want to be their friend so I can sit and drink wine at their beautiful marble island and uh so I was like hey neighbor how's it going I love your wreath and she was like oh I just got it at Costco they deliver it right to your house and I was like that's amazing I'm gonna have to steal it (laughs) and she looked at me like with horror in her eyes and I was like no like steal the idea and she's sure what and like I was like lady anyway so (laughs) I now coincidentally have that same wreath on my house I went and ordered it like I told her I was gonna do I was gonna steal the idea you're very good about reaching out to new neighbors yeah we have neighbors new neighbors directly across from us and beside us the viking has introduced himself to both of them and they have lived there now for like three months like they moved in in September in both houses I haven't yet spoken to any of them Oh, really? I am the worst, most antisocial neighbor in the entire world. Well, see, because I've got young kids, but I mean, you've got young kids too. Any family that has young kids, I've got time for. If you are a neighbor who moves in, like the guy who just moved in across the road, looks like he's like young and 30, no children. He, I ain't got no time for him. Right. Because my kids can't go over there and have a play date. Right. Right. And he's probably going to get angry if my kids go and play on his lawn. So, but anyone with kids, I'm all in. Right. Play dates, play dates, play dates. Yeah. They don't have boys the same age. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have time for that. Yeah. The trouble I have is when I meet a new neighbor, I have to try and do like that word association to remember their names. Yeah. Because then I feel really awkward when we've met a few times and I don't remember your name. Yep. Until we start hanging out on a regular basis and then I've got it. Yeah. But luckily the new neighbor who thought I was going to steal her wreath has the same name as my husband's ex-girlfriend. Oh, so that's easy So it's remember. easy. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what was that girl you used to be dating? All right. That's who our new neighbor is. Hey, you know what? I forgot to mention this to you and I can't believe it slipped my mind but um we had our radio ratings come out oh are we gonna talk about this on the podcast I think so oh tell us and um the radio station I work at but I hadn't been at in months and months and months 
is like number one in London. What? I know. How do we not talk about this? I wanted to surprise you on the podcast. Oh my God, that's so exciting. crazy? That's amazing. And I haven't been there. Oh. So I have no no part of the success. I know, it's crazy. Well, the the foundation. You helped lay the foundation. So the last time in the ratings, I think they were like fifth place. Yeah, I remember Or third place, like depending on different demographics. I was like, are you sure you want to talk about this? This is exciting. Like, so the the rating ratings came out. They come out um, in our market twice a year. Mm -hmm. And I will say it's a super archaic system. Yeah. Right. Every and, and so sometimes you get kissed and sometimes you get kicked and that's just how it is. Right. So if, if people are curious in, 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 in Canada, in non-major markets, so not your Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, they have an electronic system. In all these other markets, it's like keeping a diary. Right? So it's only people who are kind of dedicated to recording the radio yeah. listening behavior. You get a call at your on your cell phone or home saying, "Hi, do you want to tell us about your radio listening?" Right. And then for one week, you keep track of the radio stations you listen to and the times that you listen. Right. How accurate do you think that's going to be? Right. It's like when you you know you can barely keep track of writing down the food that you listen right. to. Right. They have moved to an online system, so I think you can do it on your phone with drop down. So it's right. like from a list of radio stations. But I mean. If you listen, say, from 6.30 to 6.45 in the morning when you're lying in bed waking up, are you going to put just that 15-minute chunk or are you going to put the whole 6 o'clock hour on the right. thing? Like, it's just, or are you just going to say, oh, yeah, this is the radio station I listen to all day when really you only listen for like two hours, right? right. Anyway, it's the system we have, so we live and die by it. Um, but it's like awesome when you get kissed. Yeah. And you don't, like, I think people are kind of afraid to gloat and celebrate because it's not real numbers right when you sell books you see concrete numbers yeah. of how many books you sell yeah. you sell so you truly can celebrate when you hit the new york times bestseller list or you you have a goal in mind and you hit it with us it's like we can work really 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 hard and we can either get kicked or kissed by the ratings. Right. So in my job, because I'm in you know sales and marketing for the radio station, half of my responsibility is getting the radio station out there. So I celebrate the ratings wins. But I also celebrate the revenue, right? Because if we bring in all sorts of great advertisers and we do great marketing contests for those advertisers and they sell lots of cars or lots of stoves that yeah. month, we've done our job. And those are tangible numbers. And those yeah. are tangible. So I've always like worked in this... Oh, let's see what happens twice a year <laughs> and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad so people I find my friends who are in radio don't like to share on Facebook yay we did it or yeah. because very well the next book could be bad yeah right we do have a couple of um honors or recognitions in writing or in you know ro- romance genre fiction too that are kind of like that like there are some retailers Amazon and Barnes and Noble and they'll pick their best of the month and publishers pay for those advertising yeah. spots, you know. And so, like, when people share that, I'm like, yeah. I mean, they are good books. I mean, they, there is a slight editorial selection there, but it's also a co-op spot. Well, yeah. you've probably seen those. In fact, your uh, trainer, Lisa, who we were just talking about earlier in this podcast, was trying to get people to vote for her. Yeah. For that, newspaper like. Newspaper thing. For the newspaper thing. I didn't even notice that she was doing that. I'm the worst. <laughs> but, like, people will say, oh, we're voted best in London for this. Yeah. Okay. Just dirty little secret. Those no- newspapers are only doing those best in London things so that the winners will buy half page ads saying, thanks for your votes, London. We were voted best in. Right. You're like, why do you think the best pizza goes to Boston Pizza? <laughs> Right. Is it really the best pizza in London? No. Or did they buy the biggest ad? Hey, but whatever. Right. 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 They're, you know, so 
it, it's and, and it's getting people to vote for it and whatever interesting <laughs> I mean, it's no different like you just said like yeah. the publishers pay totally. for that right totally hey it's different ways of getting word out and mm-hmm. marketing um there are some that are real they're like obviously we're not saying all award no, stuff yeah. is wrong but newspaper yeah. ones definitely are they're ad driven yeah be very highly suspect if it's a media company doing it <laughs> i my friend does run a wine awards yeah and those are 100 percent blind and 100 percent um legit yeah. hey okay so the other day i was at the liquor store mm-hmm. this is a natural segue natural um and so they um i walk in the in the front door and there's a woman there and she has whiskey in a bottle that's covered in a bag like a blind taste test okay and she said um can you by sipping this whiskey guess what whiskey it is by the way it rated 92 points on this something something checklist and i was like no but i i want the shot of whiskey i wasn't driving by the way the viking was driving and we had stopped at the liquor store to pick up some drinks to have while we were working on our kitchen don't worry it all worked out just fine um anyway so i take the shot of whiskey and then i say you know like there's I'm never going to be able to guess what whiskey it is. Literally the only one I can name is Canadian club. And she drops the bag and she's like, well, that's convenient because this is Canadian club. And we just want to remind people that in fact, it is a really good whiskey (laughs) (laughs) that scored 92. Uh, And you might not think about it as being an award winning whiskey because it's just the old staple that you miss that that you mix with ginger um, ginger ale or whatever. Right. And I was like, oh, that's really clever what you just did there. Right. That totally reminded me that actually I do like Canadian Club, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So I was totally going somewhere with that. What were we just talking awards. about? Awards. And, and how the, awards are BS. And, <laughs> and the whiskey blind taste test. I guess that's all that I wanted to say was, yeah, just that woman. Yeah. So, so you know, there are some things that are marketing. There are some things that are true assessments of quality and sometimes there you you know there's a an honest connection between the two right at the end of the day all companies want to get the word out Mm -hmm. and media wants to help in Mm -hmm. that and yeah but at the end of the day the product has to stand for itself it does yeah right it doesn't matter if you say we are the best pizza yeah if you go there and it is not the best pizza to you yeah we'll turn around or the best radio station right like exactly And that's the thing is like what one person likes, the other person won't. Yeah. Working in a radio station, I can't tell you the number of times we've had calls and texts in and emails saying, why do you play this song over and over and over right. again? And it's like, well, because that song you might despise, but it's someone else's favorite. Yeah. And if you don't like it, just go and find it on YouTube and listen to it. Yeah. Hey, so are you feeling festive? When does your Christmas tree go up? Well, um, the Viking and I are actually going away. For a little last minute just us trip. We haven't done a just us trip since 2010. Yikes. And um, it's been a really crazy fall um, with some work travel for me. And we did a family vacation to England, but that was also work travel, mm-hmm. right? And it was very intense. And we have been renovating our kitchen, um, which is still in progress. And it started in September. It, we're doing it ourselves with, yeah. you know, well, like with professionals, but sometimes the professionals are a problem, which we'll talk about once I'm fully done. And I feel like your things. kitchen renovation is, you know, an, a commercial for getting someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah. 
there's do it yourself and take four months or hire a contractor and, and have be it done, done in, in two weeks. Yeah. A hundred percent. So we're escaping from um, December 14th to the 19th. And so we'll get a tree the day after, like on the 20th when we get back. Wow. You're going to do real, right? Yeah. We you always are, do a real. You're and pro actually, real. We might buy the tree before we leave because there's a better selection and just put it in the garage right keep yeah. it cold and then yeah the day after we get back then we'll have like a five-day countdown to, to christmas hey i don't know if you saw this on the internet there's a uk mom who wants to have sleeping beauty banned what the you know the you know the, the story or the story no, story how do you get a story banned well she doesn't want people reading it anywhere okay I didn't really think about this until I read the story. And Is it because it's super rapey? Yeah. Huh. I mean, a lot of books are really super rapey. I think it's better not to ban them. We should talk about how they're super rapey. Right. Because it's the whole issue of consent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was reading. Her name's Sarah Hall. And she was reading Sleeping Beauty to her six-year-old son, Ben. Yeah. Which, P.S., love that she's reading Sleeping Beauty to her boy. Yeah. And it dawned on her that, eh, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Where do you stand on this, Zoe? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it isn't a story that I would read to my kids. Um, I, Side note, yeah. Aurora, Sleeping Beauty, is my daughter's favorite. Um, earlier this summer, I was at a, um, a, a book conference, Romancing the Capital. And for one of the dinners, um, this amazing author, Viola Grace, did the like trivia game. You know, the true stories behind the fairy tales and, you know, fair, Brothers Grimm fairy tale yeah. trivia and that sort of thing. And it's really, I mean, we need to remember um, where these stories come from, the context in which they were first shared, mm-hmm. the motivation behind that. They weren't written to be bedtime stories for kids. They're cautionary tales. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So, what do you mean cautionary tales? Like, don't go in forest you know, oh, alone because okay. you know like the, what's like the cautionary what, tale with sleeping well i Beauty? actually don't know i don't i'm not a fairy tale expert um but my guess is um that like the, that there's more to that story like it's so we have turned fairy tales into romances right when Happily they're ever after yeah no they're not that's not that's not what they're about they're um i don't so for example do I think that we should be t- telling our kids stories where men take advantage of sleeping women and assume that? No, of course we shouldn't. Right. But should we be hiding from our kids that this happens? No, I don't think that we should. You know, perhaps we use it as an opportunity to remind them about how important consent is. Not obviously like read the story and then be like, OK, I know who, <laughs> you know, how could that have been different if no means no or, you know, whatever. But um, but I just think so, for example, let's uh, l- let's talk about um, um, the the song. Oh, crap. See, you were prepared for this and I was not. So now I'm I'm reaching. Um, Baby, it's cold. Outside, oh, yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. People are. Yeah, they're up in arms about that, too. I read the most fascinating analysis of it the other day that talks about how you can't criticize something without understanding the context around it, right? So that song was written at a time when women were not free to accept an invitation to stay with a man alone at his house after a party. So the only way that a woman could do that is if she pretended 
that she couldn't leave because she drunk too much. And so the phrase, what's in this cup, right, was a a, a common, um, it was like a joke that a woman would say about a non-alcoholic drink, oh, what's in this cup? I can't leave. I've had too much of what's in this cup when it was lemonade. Oh. Right? And if you don't understand that cultural framework, then it would sound like she's being roofied. Right. But she hasn't. But I mean. Maybe just a half a drink more. Yeah. It's really, it's fascinating. So anyway. So hold on. Back that up. Yeah. So you were saying that in the time when this song was written, recorded by Mr. Dean Martin. Yeah. Women could not stay the night with a man? No. Right. Unless they were drunk. No, not even if they were drunk, like, but that would be the excuse. And like, you would probably pretend that you were staying at another friend's house or something. Okay. So why do people think it's a rapey anthem? Because she's being good. I've never once thought that. I've never thought that either. But the, but the cold listen of it, I guess, is that it's coercive. And here's the thing. Okay. Here's the thing. And and I don't, if you don't like that song or if you don't like the, the, the story sleeping beauty or whatever, I, um, that's fine. You don't have to like anything, right? Like I really like the movie love actually. And there are a lot of people who hate it because it has some pretty problematic storylines in it. But, um, women know in their gut when something is problematic and when something isn't for them. And it's a unique thing, right? What matters is that we have an honest, ongoing conversation about, um, like, respecting people's autonomy and um, believing people. This is like a common refrain now, right? Believing people when they're uncomfortable. But if somebody's not uncomfortable, you know, if somebody wants to flirt with somebody else... That's not problematic. And I really think that we run the risk of of confusing the issue when we enforce these ideas on others. Right. Right. Point. There is nothing wrong with sex. There is nothing wrong with flirting. There is nothing wrong with suggestive behavior if it feels comfortable and is welcomed by both parties or three parties. If you're into that four or five parties, big orgy parties, you know, nothing wrong with that. As long as everybody is on the same page and happy about whatever is about to happen is it okay to talk about that kind of stuff at the workplace probably not what if you have a casual work environment well it depends again is everybody truly okay with this or not so like for example my workplace which is a workplace of one (laughs) um but like i so i went on a writing retreat right with three other romance novelists and when i was there we talked about sex that's appropriate given the context of our work, right? right? Um, but what wouldn't be appropriate would be me making sexual comments about one of them, right? right? Like I can talk about sex in a general way because it is actually, you know, but I can't, you know, start to talk to another woman about her sex life when she hasn't wanted you know what I mean but I just want to do that like I just you know where the line is for sure and I think a common refrain in most stories of discomfort is that actually in hindsight oh yeah no everyone knew that a line was being crossed I feel like it's not that there is no doubt about where the lines are right agreed right like I have managed I am 38 am I 38 yes I'm 38 I'm 38 years old and I have never 
accidentally sexually harassed somebody. <laughs> Correct. Correct. You know? Correct. Like, um, but if you read the comments, and I never encourage anyone to read any never comments. Never read the comments. Never read the comments, but sometimes you do. <laughs> sometimes you accidentally click. Yeah. You know, like with a lot of these s- stories that are coming out, and there was one in, in in Canada, the Sportsnet personality. I don't even know if you knew about this. The baseball guy? Yeah. yeah. And, and that one was just over comments and actions, but like nothing physical. <laughs> well, what kind of action isn't <laughs> physical? But... Um, like, but it was just allegations. It's okay, just, it seemed but less on Twitter, right? When the news broke about this guy, whatever his name is, the baseball Greg's guy, on. Greg's on. Literally, I I don't know how many tweets I saw, like a lot of people going, "Well, that's not a surprise." Oh, the guy's a creep. Okay, right? And I don't know, but like, is anyone surprised that Matt Lauer is a creep? Zero, zero people are surprised that Matt Lauer is a creep. Yeah, he's just creepy. Like, and I think. Right. You know, but also men are, let's be honest, men are socialized to have, they feel like they have some sort of ownership or permission to touch or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. That women, so a lot of women don't believe it um, for two reasons. One, internalized misogyny is a hell of a drug. And two, um, we would never do it ourselves, which isn't to say that there aren't women who don't do it. Right. There are people of all stripes who misuse power. Particularly, we see it across racial lines. Right. Like we need to remember whenever we're analyze anything that it we have to analyze it with an intersectional approach. So it's not just about gender. Right. It's not just about men having power over women. That is one power dynamic that our society supports. But another is race. Right. Who which women make up lies about men who rape them? White women make up those lies about black women to about black men to cover up consensual sex because somehow that is better based on the power dynamics in our society and it's still really rare i mean no woman benefits from making up an accusation of rape unless she holds significant power in the dynamic right which is usually about race or class or ability you know like the the disabled man who's taken advantage of in that way so um we need to remember that it's not just gender Um, We also need to always remember that white women have it pretty easy compared to black women, women of color, um, particularly women who are here in North America in a service role, nannies, right? Women who come from Asia, from Africa, from the Caribbean, they have very little power. And how many men take advantage of them, right? We all, like, as soon as I say that, the dynamic shifts, you're like, oh, well, maybe it's not so bad in a workplace, but what if that workplace is a home and the dad is like a white dentist and the nanny is a young Filipino woman who doesn't speak great English? We can immediately see how that happens. Exactly. Right? So we have some big societal problems. Those problems were not caused by songs or by children's stories. Those songs and children's stories, if you're seeing something there, that's a reflection of a deeper ugliness that's inside all of us. And it is. It's inside all of us because we all benefit from the power dynamics of, you know. And the thing that we can keep doing, because this conversation is not going away, is continue to believe women. Yep. And keep talking about it, that it's just not okay it's just not okay and the other thing is like it's not about 
punishment or, or being punitive or anything like that. Um, I, I've seen some chatter about, you know, oh, well, men should be allowed due process. The people who deserve the most due process are the women who should be believed. Let's start with due process there. And then we'll we'll worry about the rest, because really, how many men have had have been unduly protected over decades? Right. Because we have this idea like, oh, it's just something that happens in the workplace. Yeah, there are lots of workplaces where it just doesn't happen. And I've worked with so many men over the years who have never behaved inappropriately to me. So it's really actually not that hard to maintain this is a healthy workplace. We don't allow that. Out you go. There are consequences for bad behavior. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And lo and behold, happier workplaces emerge. Emerge. It'll be happy for everyone. Yeah. (laughs) And on that cheery note, let's wrap up episode 16. Wow, 16 episodes already. And if you subscribe and listen to us via iTunes, we'd love it if you could go over to iTunes and give us a review and a rating or however you do that. Thanks so much. We will come back. Hopefully we'll sneak out episode 17 around the holidays. Wishing you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Cheers.